Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast, brought to you by HarperCollins Publishers. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Hi, it's Lainey from the Library Love Fest marketing team. Every month we host a Facebook Live where we discuss new upcoming titles we're excited about. For the month of July, Virginia and Chris couldn't make it, so we had a friend from the academic team come over and help me. This is the audio from that Facebook Live video. If you'd like to see the video itself, you can go to our website, librarylovefest.com. Enjoy! Hi, it's Lainey Mays from the library marketing team here at HarperCollins. And I'm Kim Raycon from Harper Academic. So every month, the library team, well, first we can take off our sunglasses, but yeah. we just wanted to look really cool when we came in. Sorry, Mom, I haven't actually <laughs> gone to the eye doctor yet. Um, so every month, the library team here, we do a fun Tiki Hut um, presentation of books, of upcoming books. The Tiki Hut went with us to ALA. Mm -hmm. Tiki Hut didn't come back because we're getting a new one and in between we're just using our grass skirt. So I'm sorry we're sans hut, but we're still it's okay. double the fun. We still have fringe. <laughs> we still have um, fringe. What we don't have in hut, we make up for in fun. Yeah. So I'm really excited that Kim is coming to be here with us today. Virginia and Chris are usually here, but as the summer months go, people are out and we're really sad that they're not gonna be here. It won't be the same, but we do have Kim and we're really excited. Is there a sad sound? Oh, one? we did bring our sound machine, sorry. Oh, I know, that's not it. That was applause. I really didn't mean to clap for the- Oh, that one's oh, a different wait, sad. It's, I think it's this one. There we go. I'm learning, I'm learning libraries sound machines, so. Well, because we're here alone, we're, we have run of the office. So we, we do, <laughs> we do, because I'll, I'll, both of my colleagues in academic marketing, uh, Diane is at a conference in Houston talking to the great advanced placement teachers across the country, and Michael unfortunately has come down with strep throat, so we don't want to catch his germs. Um, yes. So we're the only two here, so mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be Donut holes and mimosas, <laughs> we really. Have, um, we're having brunch. We're having brunch, basically. And you're invited. Uh, and you're invited. So please, so, I'm please gonna start join us. Yes, do that. Here's my... Got to make sure the bottom doesn't fall out of my glass. <laughs> Don't, aren't we all worried about that we all, we drink? You know what? We all are worried about that. <laughs> the bottom falling out. Um, a little bit I more. Am my, I am my orange. Yeah, why not? A little bit more. It's, it's Friday. Friday. It's free for all Friday. Hashtag free for all Friday. We have our here. own orange juices. We have our we own. We came prepared. We did come prepared. Um, so there we go. So cheers. Cheers. Cheers to everybody out there. Good decision. That's good stuff. Donut yeah. hole. That's good stuff. You can you can shoot that in your mouth for a, for a while. I don't know. I feel like I'm the one that's kind of in charge of saying completely stupid things uh, and making people laugh. So. Okay, so... Do we want to get going? Do you want to start with November Road? <sighs> now I'm ready to go. So, we're going to start off with November Road, Lou Bernie, and this is... There's so much in-house love for this. It's our Lead Read, which is a program where the sales team kind of votes on a book for the season. Lou um, is our Lead Read, and 
Lou is just a great person. He's been at PLA and he was just at ALA with us. And he did a great podcast interview. I'm going to do a little um, podcast putting in. Love. We have these really great headphones. Also, if you comment on this video, yes. you can win some of the books we talk about. Ask us questions, anything you want. And, well, about the books. And, yes, well, I'm going to send headphones to whoever wins. So, that's fun. Um, but Lou did a great interview for our podcast with Chris, who's not here right now. And it's on our SoundCloud. You have mm -hmm. to check it out. This book follows two characters in the middle of the days after the JFK assassination in the 60s. And so Frank Guidry is this kind of mob boss golden child. He does all the great work for him, and he, he's just good at his job. But, he, you know, the morals lack a little bit. Yeah, slightly. When you're scale. a mob boss <laughs> lieutenant. And he kind of knows a little too much about the assassination, and that might not be good for him. Yep. So he goes on the run. The mob boss, Carlos Marcello, has somebody going after him. He's ruthless. He's going to find him. And he sees a woman on the side of the road mm -hmm. who is broken down in her car. She has two little girls with her. And so Charlotte has left her husband who is drunk and he is, you know, just not there for her. And she sees this change in the world with the assassination. And she's she's thinking, I've, I've got to change my life. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't feel anything with this. Something's got to change. So she goes on the run with her two little girls and her dog. And he sees her and he thinks, maybe, maybe this is going to get me out of some things. So they're both running. It's a love story. It's a thriller. Lou has won so many awards. Yeah. Edgar Award, McCavity Award, Anthony Award, Barry Award, Oklahoma Book Award, all for the long and far away gone, which is, yeah, anyway, it's somewhere. And he, <laughs> somewhere in the books. And he has won all these awards for his book, The Long and Far Away Gone, and he... It's something else. You're going to want to pick it up. And it's out in October. Mm -hmm. And so that's November Road by Lou Burney. If you really liked um, Don Winslow's The Force, um, you're probably really super going to like November Road. And Don Winslow himself, author of The Force, really likes Lou Burney's November Road. So we're yeah, super great, great and quote. pleased to have Don Winslow's support with this. But if you really love The Force, um, definitely have November Road on your October calendar. Yeah. yeah, it's it's chilling. Like he's going and thinking all these things, and you're you're just like, how are you going to get out of this? But because he's done it to so many people, he has these kind of thoughts, and it it's really like cat and mouse. If you're a fan of like, like Mad Men, yeah, that's kind of what you're thinking. Yeah. So lots of people are At saying time with a thriller. Put lots together. of lots of people are saying hi. Um, so hi to everyone. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, Vicky said November Ro November Road is so good. Vicky Read Nessie. it. Yes, Vicky Nessie. Hi, yes. Vicky. Um, so um, hi, Vicky. Nice to <laughs> meet you via Facebook. Um, but Lainey certainly knew who you were. So there we go. Everyone, we all love Vicky here. Yeah. Um, so we are also self-moderating our yeah. your comments. So uh, we, yeah, we in true entrepreneurial spirit. True entrepreneurial spirit. We are just we're doing it all for you this morning here at HarperCollins. Um, so what do you want to go with to next? Um, you know what? Let's talk about a book um, that probably needs no introduction. Um, so we all know Harper Lee's *To Kill a Mockingbird*. It is a beloved book. Um, and it is read by over uh, millions and millions of people each year. Um, hundreds and hundreds of high school and college students um, read this book every year. 
Um, we have a new edition of Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird coming out in October. It is a graphic novel edition. So what um, it will have, the text remains the same. Nobody's adding any new words um, to Harper Lee. Um, but we are adding illustrations. We're making a, we're making a graphic novel out of it. Um, the guy who is doing the illustrations is Fred Fordham. He was born in 1985, which is slightly <laughs> terrifying to me because that means he's younger than I am. Um, but he uh, is actually an, an Englishman. Uh, he lives in London. And he is a great, great, great graphic novelist. He's a great illustrator. And we are super excited to have Harper Lee's words sort of in this new, in the story of of Scout and Jem and Dill, uh, and Atticus, of course, um, and Boo Radley, in this great new format. Um, the drawings, this is a sample spread um, of the cover and also sample illustration panels. Um, it's a super, super interesting way to take a look at a very beloved American classic. Uh, and we are absolutely thrilled to be working with Fred. We're thrilled to be working with the Harper Lee Estate um, to give you this new edition of a beloved, beloved classic. There are more spreads on Edelweiss, mm -hmm. so if you want to see more of this, you can go look at a few more of those. Also on Edelweiss, not to backtrack, but also on Edelweiss, we just added Lou Burney's interview from the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's in the assets at the bottom for Edelweiss, so check that out too. Um, but these are really gorgeous, and you can see them... Like I think there's like five or six of them. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. a, I mean, it's a very sensitively done set of illustrations. It's really, it's really fascinating to me. It's, it, to me, it's a, it's a fascinating way to think about how to make the story new and approachable to more people and to more audiences. Um, so if you've read To Kill a Mockingbird, likely you have. Uh, if you've read To Kill a Mockingbird, love To Kill a Mockingbird, are excited about the upcoming Broadway adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird, um, do look out for. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird, the graphic novel is... Can you say To Kill a Mockingbird one more probably. time? Probably. <laughs> uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, the graphic novel, is on sale October 30th. It's about, it will be available in hardcover. Um, we have a lot of excitement about this online. Um, you know, Grandson loves graphic novels. It'll be a new way to introduce a new crowd. So. Totally, yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah, building new audiences, one reader at a time. <laughs> That's our new saying. It's our new saying, yeah. <laughs> okay. Where to mm -hmm. next? Moving on. Moving We're going to go to The Binding. Here we go. So The Binding by Bridget Collins. This is, look how gorgeous this cover is. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about it. It has these great French flaps on the galley. Um, so in this world, books and book binding is like a sacred practice. So mm -hmm. they take people's memories and these people live within these pages of the book that they take from them. And kind of you can apprentice for them but there's a lot of kind of prejudice around this because yep. a lot of people are a little corrupt and they use this for their own gain so they sell books they mm -hmm. sell memories and people kind of you know sometimes those are private and people don't want them to sell memories to people but they sell the memories to people they kind of like a woman might uh, in the book might have uh, not needed some more money so she goes and sells her like sweetest memory to get some money and then it's gone forever. So it's kind of beautiful because it captures these memories and people can live through you, but also terrible because it takes it away from you. Um, and so, I mean, if anything, it makes you appreciate books and how yep. it doesn't take that away from you, but it also, it's the best of both worlds in the real world. But in this book, Emmett Farmer is 
called on to be apprentice and his parents don't want him to go but he goes and he studies this process the author herself studied book binding mm -hmm. and it's crazy how old it is and how much really hasn't changed yeah. um, and so it's such an art form and you can really see it in the book how the uh, Emmett really learns how to get there. The author has written um, seven YA books mm -hmm. and two, she had two plays produced, but this is her first adult novel. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's really just for book lovers. And it, if you love books and you kind of get lost in it, this little world. And there's also a little mystery because he's in the office. He's kind of, it's a little secretive, but when he starts learning about all of this, he sees a book with his name on it. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't Creepy. remember that. Creepy. Uh, if you're a fan, I would say I really like The Binding, too. Um, if you are a fan of Jesse Burton's The Miniaturist, mm. um, or if you're a fan of uh, Sarah Waters, I think you definitely would like uh, would like The Binding a whole lot. Those would be sort of my two. Nice. Who can I think about and compare it to? <laughs> um, so yeah, if you, if you like Jesse Burton's The Miniaturist or The Muse, um, and if you like Sarah Waters, I definitely think um, you should take a look at the binding. So when is that on sale? It is April 16th. Okay. <laughs> Plan ahead. <laughs> but. Plan ahead. Galley's on Edelweiss. Galley's on Edelweiss, that's true. That's true. So if you're a librarian, um, definitely, definitely check that out. If you are uh, a faculty member in higher education, you got a bit of a wait. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but if you're interested in any of these books uh, and you are a faculty member at a higher education institution, please feel free to reach out to the Harper Academic Team um, and we're happy to get you on our newsletter lists um, and send you some exam copies of things that, that are appropriate for your teaching needs. <laughs> nice. What are we doing now? You know what? Since we since that was a kind of a creepy book, <laughs> in a way, let's do another creepy book. Ooh. Ooh. Um. So this is Sarah Perry's Melmoth. Um, Melmoth tells the story of um, a 42-year-old woman, Helen Simpson. She's in Prague. Uh, it is a couple weeks after Christmas um, in 26, 2017. Sorry. 2017, 2016, contemporaneously to today, let's put it that way. Um, and she is watched, even though she doesn't know it. And she meets this guy, Carl, at the library at the university in Prague, and they start talking um, about this, this manuscript, for lack of a better word, that Carl is gifted with, um, very un unwillingly and unknowingly gifted with. I mean, it tells the story of um, this figure called Melmoth, and it's a gothic story in the sort of truest and richest sense of the gothic tradition. It is a very creepy, creepy story. Um, I, whenever I read this book, um, I kept thinking that something was moving out of my peripheral vision, and every time that I turned my head, of course, nothing was there. Um, so it definitely gets into your head in a lot of different ways, and a lot of folks in the UK have... Um, have been reading this book, and a lot of them have also had similar experiences of just weird stuff happens when you sit and you read Melmoth. Um, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful story. It's a quick read. It's out uh, on sale in hardcover uh, October 16th, and um, it's just in time for Halloween, and it's definitely the kind of spooky 
sort of read that you want for that time of the year. Um, Sarah Perry, of course, has a bit of a backlist with us. Um, her first um, novel that come out that has come out in America, The Essex Serpent, is a fabulous, fabulous novel as well. Um, it is a bit more historical fiction in its nature, um, but also kind of creepy in its own way. Um, so. The Essex Serpent is available now in paperback, Melmoth. Look for October 16th in hardcover. Okay. I don't know if this is scary or not, but it has a face like this. So. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. That's appropriate. I mean, there, there, is, you go. there is screaming in Melmoth. So uh, it's totally a, way, a totally a way to do it. But I <laughs> absolutely love Sarah Perry's writing. I think she is super fantastic. I think she is super, super smart in what she does. Um, and if the name Melmoth does sound familiar to you, uh, which it may or may not, it actually <laughs> is um, based on the idea comes from an 1820s novel um, by Charles Maturin called Melmoth the Wanderer. Um, so there is, she's participating in a bit of a literary tradition um, of the Gothic. Um, that Melmoth was truly terrifying. She does different things with her Melmoth. There's a big difference in the sense that her Melmoth is, is a woman, actually. Um, but it's so smart, so compact, so approachable, so great to make the hairs on your neck stand up, so great to make you think you're slightly losing your mind looking around out of your peripheral vision uh, to check and see if something is moving. So. so we have some comments. The Binding, she said, uh, Janet Locker just finished it. Hi, Janet. Um, and she said, spot on, Sarah Waters. You're welcome. So, perfect. Um, oh, Jen Murphy from upstairs. Hi, Jen. Loves your shirt. So can oh. we talk about your shirt? So, last year I went on vacation uh, to Rhode Island, and one of the things that was on the docket for Rhode Island vacation was doing, was riding mopeds, which I had never done before. Um, and I just so happened to come across this shirt online, uh, and I thought, well, if ever I was going to dress for an occasion uh, for vacation, this is clearly the <laughs> t-shirt and my sort of speed of dressing for the occasion <laughs> as well. Uh, so that's why I got this shirt, and really, since we're, we were doing this today, I thought, well, there's no really better t-shirt to do this in than... But she's not hogging these than books. My books. I'm not hogging them. I mean, I do kind of, <laughs> but... Um, there are some of these books that I will not let anyone else take from me. Um, but, uh, yeah, but no, I love this t-shirt so much. So thanks, Jen, for noticing the shirt. Um, my nod to the occasion of today. So it was, it was super great. You got dressed up for brunch. I did get dressed up for brunch in one of my classy t-shirts. So, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, my mom is probably at home being like, oh, my God. You know? But that's okay. Yeah. It works. It fits the mood. Okay, so... Moving a little away from scary in the thriller sense, but a little scary in the literal sense. So I apologize because I was supposed to print out a cover of it, but when you are self-moderating, uh, yeah. <laughs> you forget. You have a little, um, too many balls in the air. A few many. Um, but the newest book, Seduction, by Karina Longworth, it's coming out in um, November. I'm so excited about this. You all know that I'm obsessed with podcasts, and Karina has, I think, one of the best voices in the podcast world. Um, she does a podcast called You Must Remember This, mm. and it's about old Hollywood. She's a former film editor, so she knows everything about it, and it's like the glamorous kind of golden age of film, and that's an amazing one. But there's this really cool one that I'm obsessed with that I've binged in a few days called You Must Remember Manson, 
and it's about Charles Manson, but related to the Hollywood that was surrounding him. It's so good. And Karina has such a cool voice in two ways. Cool because she literally has a cool voice. Mm-hmm. I, it's like cooing in your ears, how someone described it. And I was like, it's perfect. It's quite the adjective right? Voice, yeah. Um, and then it's part that part that she has a great voice like narratively she brings you into these stories of old hollywood and she gives you kind of everything around like what you could see and what's going on in the his historical sense but also really who these people are and she gives these people like i mean i don't want to say you feel bad for charles manson because you don't but you really relate to like how like terrible his life was Mm -hmm. leading up to these events and stuff you just wouldn't know and you you feel for him on a different level I'm not saying good but you feel for him a little differently than you would so she does this in her book too so this is she has several books but seduction is her newest one seduction sex lies and stardom in Howard Hughes Hollywood so this is all about Howard Howard Hughes Mm -hmm. who is Oh, it's a very alliterative title. Yeah, in different in different yeah. ways. Got a lot I of mean, consonant action going on. Yeah. yeah, seduction is really at the point of it. I mean, Howard Hughes is he was controlling, driven by like sexual obsessions, and um, I mean that could be either like because he truly liked someone or because he saw this sex drive in the community, like putting it on screen and selling sex, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, he was a publicity mogul, but he was so controlling. He would have them, like, living in a place where he could watch them. He would have drivers that watch them. He would have PIs following these women. He went through so many women in his life. He had two wives, but all these lovers, and, I mean, including, like, Ava Gardner, Lana Turner, Rita Hayworth, Catherine Hepburn, but then all of these... Other people you might not have even known about, and he kind of promised them this stardom that Mm -hmm. never really came. It's a little topical. He, fortunately, I don't think he was very, like, he's not, it's not, like, hurtful. Mm -hmm. But it's just very, like, emotionally controlling, and it, but really that's kind of the start of that Hollywood, and, I mean, it happens today. And so, just seeing all of these things come together to create the Hollywood that we know. It's such a distinct voice and I'm so excited. I, I just hear her reading it when I read it and I'm so excited for it. So, Karina's great. I think you're all gonna really like it. It's Seduction, Sex, Lies, and Stardom in Howard Hughes, Hollywood. When's it out? November. Are you gonna do a podcast interview with her? I would be very nervous too. <laughs> I feel like she's so good at it. I, I don't know, but I would love to. I think you should. I mean, that's one of the great Karina. parts about it's one of the great parts about our job, right? Yeah. So you know, right. I totally yeah, do it. Karina, I say do it. Here's here's our plea. Call Lainey. <laughs> Call. But um, yeah, I'm really excited about this one, and I I knew her before the book, so mm-hmm. seeing her name, I was really excited. But then I think it lives up to it. So yeah, I think you yeah. totally do podcast with her. <laughs> yeah. Done. Yeah. Done. Um, all right, so we'll stick with the arts. Okay. Broadly speaking, we'll stick with the arts. Um, and let's talk about one of our authors with, I mean, all of our authors have fabulous names, but Clemency Burton Hill's name is totally fantastic. Um, she is a radio personality for BBC, um, and this is Year of Wonder. And Year of Wonder is a really cool book, and it's a cool look at classical music. Because let's face it, how many of us can actually honestly say that 
A, we listen to classical music. B, that we know anything at all about classical music beyond like some key words like Beethoven. Um, so Bach, yeah, also Beethoven, who is not the dog, right? So, <laughs> so um, this, so year of oh, wonder, that one, sorry, that one. So year of wonder takes you through classical music. So every month by month, day by day. Um, you get a new piece of music. And so the pages are, you know, a composer, um, title of the song, and a few paragraphs about what the song does. Yeah, it does. Okay, so you can yeah. kind of see. It's like... A few paragraphs about what the song does, how it fits into sort of the larger narrative of, um, of classical music. Um, I know very little, admittedly, about classical music. I really love Year of Wonder. And since, since you have the composer in the, in the song listing, you can easily create your own Spotify list. Um, something that's cool that marketing at Harper has done um, is that uh, mo monthly you can sign up for... Um, here in-house, you can sign up for a kind of reading guide, reading group um, that is also a listening group because they have created Spotify lists for each month that give you each day's um, song, as it were. Um, so every day that you go, you can pop your earbuds in, your lovely Library Love Fest earbuds, and you can you know sign in and we can all in-house listen to the piece and then read uh, what Clemency has to say about it and how it fits into sort of the larger narrative of classical music. For me, it's been like a huge, huge learning moment for me, which I think is really cool, not really having that much of a background in it, um, not knowing really a whole lot about it. So I've really enjoyed this experience, and I think that for anyone who has an interest in music, um, if you have spotty periods and you're sort of listening uh, listening backgrounds and listening overs, um, definitely take out, um, take a, take a chance on Year of Wonder. It is available in hardcover, uh, November 6th from Harper, um, and it's just a really great approachable, which I think is key, because for me, and I think maybe for a lot of people, classical music might be a bit daunting, um, it's something maybe that is misperceived as being a bit stuffy. Um, so for me, this is super approachable. It's super digestible. Uh, it makes it fun and intriguing. And it's, it's an easy way, a super easy way to learn at least one new thing every day. So Year of Wonder, Clemency, Burton Hill is out. Um, there's a great quote. Oh, there's a great quote from Eddie Redmayne on the back. Uh, he says, Year of Wonder is an absolute treat, the most enlightening way to be guided throughout the year. So... I get you know what would be cool too. I just and this is literally Eddie Redmayne on the podcast. Eddie Redmayne <laughs> on the podcast would be great. Um, I maybe keep the bar low for those expectations, <laughs> but um, if I think I, I literally just thought of this right now. But if you're a, if you're a journal person, right? Um, how cool would it be to also include bits from Year of Wonder throughout your yearly reflections. That would be super cool. I suck at journaling, so <laughs> I, I'm i not a journaling person. Something to aspire to. Yeah, <laughs> it is something to aspire to. Um, but if you, are, if you are a journal person, if you do sort of like to keep track of day-by-day -day things that happen, this would be a super cool inclusion, I think. Um, There's a really great, um, I think, a video on Edelweiss about um, with the author and telling kind of how she did this whole book, and you should check that out, too. I know we're throwing out a lot of Edelweiss links, but they're all so good. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. But so Year of Wonder out November 6th in hardcover. Totally take a look at it. Tell all your music fan friends, even people who are like super into classical music. Who cares? Tell them too. Um, it's definitely something that I think everybody can learn from. Great. Um, just answer a question for seduction. Um, somebody was like, you've sold me, so. Um, but there's no arc yet, but coming. So check back soon. Mm -hmm. um, that'll go, it's not on AWS either, but it will come up soon. It's in our um, catalog, so you can find it when it does. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Okay, what are we doing? Okay, I think I know what we're doing. All right. So we don't have an arc of this one either, but we have some backlist. So we'll just put this one up. We all know and we all love Adriani. Adri I can't speak. What's in this thing? Adriana <laughs> Trijani's books. She does historical fiction so well. And like these covers are so gorgeous. These are some Kiss Carlo. You want to hold one? Sure. And uh, the Spring Macaroni Company and the Shoemaker's Wife. They're, I mean, they're gorgeous covers already, but really, like, everything on the cover just encapsulates, like... Does that paperback have French flaps? It does. It does. They're Fancy. really beautiful. I love French flaps. I can put my page where I'm reading. It's great. So this is her 14th novel, and mm -hmm. it's called Tony's Wife. It's not shown because we don't have arcs yet, but um, Tony's Wife, and we don't have a cover, or I would have printed that one, too. Um, it's mystery and intrigue. Yeah. Really? <laughs> We're just pulling you in. Um, so 14th novel, it's the 1940s big band era. It's about two Italian-American kids that fall in love with the Jersey Shore, and they kind of get to know each other, and then they get married and move to L.A. and want to kind of get into all of this um, music business. But then when they kind of start getting into that business, they decide that both of them can't have the same life. Mm -hmm. It's the time period where you got to pick, you know, raise a family or be successful. And, you know, who does that usually come down to? So who's going to stay home and take care of the kids? I mean, fame and temptation gets between them and their marriage. And, I mean, if you like, somebody said The Godfather was a good, you know, whatever. It's because they're Italian and it's got all of that kind of stuff. And, but Tony's wife's name, it's like, no matter what, Chi Chi, like the main character, the woman, whatever she does, she's always going to be known as Tony's wife mm -hmm. in this era. So I think it really shows a lot about what's going on in that scheme too. Like not only like homemaking and and having a family and having it all, but also like what you're always going to be as a woman. So mm -hmm. Adriana Trijani, Tony's wife, and it is out in November. And these are just some backlist if you want to check out some books you can find now. In the copy, when it talks about the shore, mm -hmm. does it say, does it say go down the shore, or does it say go down to the shore? From the Jersey Shore to Los Angeles. All right, from the Jersey. From the Jersey. Okay. Why? Well, because it's a bit. It's a thing in like you can always tell if someone is from New Jersey or not, <laughs> because if you're from Jersey, you just say that you're going to the shore. You go down the shore. You don't well, usually I mean, you don't usually make a full grammatically correct thing of it. Well, if you're not from there, they don't know. So I guess in, to copy to I everyone. I once heard someone. So I am from New Jersey, and I once heard someone behind me. There are two colleagues talking about what they were doing over the weekend, and, and one of them said to the other in reply, 
I'm going down to the New Jersey shore and I'm like, oh, like my head just about exploded, really. I was like, oh, it's not, it's not how we say it, right? Watch out, guys. Just Don't like say that. how it's, <laughs> just like how it's Taylor Hammond, not Pork Roll. But that's a conversation for when Michael is with us because we have a big Jersey debate about that. Well, well. next time I go down to the Jersey shore, I'll oh, remember that. Oh, you're not going to eat Pork Roll down <laughs> at the shore. Sorry, Kim. I'm oh, sorry. it's fine. Um, What next? What next? What do you think? Um, do we want? Do you want to talk about how oh my I gosh, told can you? We please talk about this. Do you do you want to talk about how I told you that you love this book and you didn't really believe me at first? It's not that I didn't believe <laughs> you. <laughs> it's not that I didn't believe you. So lead read again. We just told you that the lead read and this was shortlisted. This is when you read this. This is Mary Adkins when you read this, yeah. So this is shortlisted and you know we're all all the sales, we were reading it and we were getting excited to vote and This was my book. I just want to yeah. make that very clear from the very beginning. This was my yes. I would die on a hill for this book. <laughs> it was. It was Kim's book. I'm in the middle of reading them all, and I'm like, oh, I might go with this other one. I don't know. And she was just like, no, you're going to love it. And then I got to the end, and I came in, and I was just like, it's really good. Kim, she's like, I told you so. And you had voted for a different title. We don't have to tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> I love them all. It's hard to pick. but It is hard, it is hard um, to pick. It is that good. I'm really excited about this book, too. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about it and I'll yeah, chime in? Yeah, so one of the interesting parts about this, so basically, I guess to, to not put too fine a point on it, this is in some ways it's a cancer story, but it's also so much more than a novel about a young woman um, who had cancer. Um, it is a story about friendship and family. It is a story, I think, overall about love um, and what happens in, in being there for someone. Um, whether they're sick or whether they're grieving or, you know, whether they have a crazy job situation, like whatever it is. Um, it's a really, really wonderful, non-traditionally styled book. And what I mean by that is uh, the novel structure basically is, uh, is, in, is in email and text message and diary drawings. Um, so when you flip through the book, if you know, you, we all sort of go to a bookstore, we grab a book, we flip through it, it's usually just paragraphs and, and literally words on a page in, in paragraph structure. This is very different than that. Um, if you're worried about whether that sort of prevents readability of it, I do not think no. that it does at all. I think that it packs a crazy heavy emotional punch mm. um, and you don't even really realize it. Like mm. I, you know, I thought, okay, this will just be... Um, a, f a light hearted fun sort of story it's like read about light heartedly dark it is light heartedly dark it, it does sneak up on you how much of an emotional impact this book has i mean you do i felt at the end like i was kind of gut punched in a way but in it in an enjoyable way if that sounds kind of <laughs> kind of crazy but yeah. um, it really is a book that packs so much emotion and so much feeling into it so much kindness and care and love and humor too. I mean, in spite of it overall, I think telling a, a sad story in some ways, um, it is a very life affirming story. Uh, the characters are rich and, and individualistic. You know, we all know someone in our lives that has a problem with caps lock, uh, whether it's in whether it's an email conversation or whether it's in text messages. Caps rage. Yeah, caps rage. Um, there's you got a character like that in this book. Um, it is super super wonderful and enjoyable. I totally loved it. I'm so pleased that it was on the short list. 
Um, it was a super, super close vote. Um, and it was just a book that I think a lot of people in-house loved, and we are so very excited um, for you all to read it. It's out January? Um, yes. No, uh, February. February. It's out in February in hardcover. Um, it's a super, super great, great read. I think it's so great because it kind of deals with coming to terms with your life mm -hmm. and kind of staring death in the face and whether that's from you doing it or your family looking in you know how do you deal with that when you're when you're told you know you never know I mean anyone yeah. you never know how much time you have but this person who is told like you have to deal with this and kind of like what do you want your last part of your life to be about mm -hmm. and I think it's beautiful I, my favorite part is Carl the intern. <laughs> so throughout the book, there's a new intern that's working for Smith who, um, did you talk about all the people's names and stuff? No, I, I don't know if I'm So um, Iris is told that she has cancer and mm -hmm. so she's dealing with this and using a blog to kind of work with how that's gonna, all that I said before. But then her sister Jade is left behind and so it goes in and out of the future and the past and Smith was Iris's boss and so Smith is reaching out to Jade, and they're kind of talking about this person that has been such a big part of their life. And then Carl is... He's, he's trying, trying his he best. He tries, yeah. He's he, working he tries with really, Smith. Really and yeah. he, But some of the things you say, you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, what? Like, I, it's something you're like, oh, my gosh, I could see how he would do that. You know, he tells, like clients like hey this sounds like a good thing what do you think and it'll be like spam and he's like yeah. no don't respond to that yeah. <laughs> he's an intern very much learning his craft but he has a lot of gumption and he has a lot of hard work he but does. it's sometimes misdirected yes quite often misdirected <laughs> but hilariously <laughs> yeah, so and that's I, I, a great like it's funny a great, yeah it's a great counter breakup. counterpoint to to sort of the emotional heaviness that's going on um but i absolutely fell in love with this book so hard um, it's a, it's a, just a great, great heartwarming story. Um, and yeah, so yeah, Mary Atkins, when you read this out, February, on sale when? February? Uh, 5th. February 5th, um, in hardcover, um, from Harper. And it's just, it's just a wonderful, wonderful book. So please, yeah. please pick it up. So, gotta go back. Adriana Trujani's book is Tony's Wife. Somebody asked what the title was. And, um, as, oh, and my, Michael said, hashtag team pork roll. <laughs> it is not so team Michael, I hope you feel better. He's watching. You're and... sick. You're supposed to be sleeping. Enough with the pork roll. <laughs> so we'll give a shout out to him. Um, do you want to do another one? I can do another one. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about my mermaid book. Okay. <laughs> so the rest of the show cannot just be about this book, I realize. Um, Before Kim says anything, I have to, like, brag on Kim a little. Because oh, she loves no. this book so much, and she's going to tell you all about it. But she did an interview with the author yesterday, and I got to set in on it. And I mean, it'll, it's a podcast. The academic team has a podcast as well. Do you want to tell them how to find that? You can find Harper Academic Calling if you search Harper Academic Calling on SoundCloud, or you can go to our website, harperacademic.com, and click on the top of our banner. There's a link for our podcast page. You can find all 50-some episodes <laughs> that we currently have. We have an amazing backlist. Yeah. And so if you're a professor Teresa. and you want to, yeah, if you want to, Find out more about these books. I'll just hold it. And Michael both go really in-depth. <laughs> just hold it close. I will and hold it close. I do hold it close. this podcast won't come out for a while, but I just have to say, like, the love between her and the author, like, 
how much she loves this book shines through, and I, I just want to brag on Kim a little bit. That was awkward, but thank you. Uh, can you hold this yes. for me? Um, so this is Imogen Hermes Gower's The Mermaid and Mrs. Hancock. It's a debut novel. Um, I I just fell in love with this book. Um, so three things you need to know about this book. Um, a mermaid, a merchant, and a madam. Um, it is set in 1785 and 1786 in Georgian London. Um, so it is a historical novel. Um, Imogen did such, such, such a terrific job talking and placing her characters in this world, a very believable world of um, what I think most of us think of as, as Jane Austen's uh, world uh, of, of, of Georgian England. Um, Jonah Hancock is a merchant. One of his ships comes back, uh, or one of his ship's captains, excuse me, comes back um, without the ship that Jonah sent him out on. And instead of coming back with a ship, cargo, and riches, he comes back with a mermaid. Um, that doesn't quite look like a mermaid that we all think and know. Um, and Jonah's kind of like, well, what am I going to do with this? Uh, and his captain, Tyso Jones, says, well, why don't you exhibit it? Um, so that sort of starts a, a side career for, for Jonah Hancock. And uh, one of the interested parties in, in London who sees this is Mrs. Chapel, who's a bawd. Um, and she offers to host the mermaid for Mr. Hancock at her establishment, uh, which, and there's a great few scenes um, of completely bawdy Georgian humor. It is so great. It is so laugh out loud funny. Um, it's titillating. It's all of those things. Um, and one of Mrs. Chapel's girls is Angelica Neal, um, who is another main player. Um, she uh, eventually becomes the Mrs. Hancock uh, in the title. Um, and it is a story about a curiosity. It is a story told very curiously. If you are a fan of 18th century novels, um, and if you did not know that this novel is, is going to be published in September, you will absolutely fall in love with it. Uh, I really had a great time talking with Imogen. It was such a pleasure to, to finally meet her and to sit down with her in person and get to talk about her book. Uh, it's certainly one of my highlights uh, of our upcoming fall season and of my summer, for that matter. Um, she is so smart, and she did such amazing research work into this book um, from you know getting a Georgian phrase book to make sure that the colloquialisms in the book come across as, as sounding authentic. Um, to great vocabulary words. Uh, if you're a word person and a word lover, I promise you that you will find. I don't. I don't know if it's the right audience for that. You will find but, some. You will uh, find some new words, <laughs> perhaps new to you words, uh, especially kind of words that have fallen out of favor in the English language just because of time, really time passing. Um, but it is a wonderful, wonderful book. It is probably one of my favorite books, if not my favorite book for September. It is on sale in a gorgeous hardcover. Uh, September 11th it goes on sale. Uh, if you're a fan of podcasts, the podcast conversation that I had with Imogen will probably go up in early September. So that's a great reason for you to go to Harper, harperacademic.com, go to our newsletter page, sign up for our podcast update uh, newsletter, and that goes out every single time we post a new episode. So if you want to put Imogen's book on your radar, uh, it is, I think it's not to be missed. I absolutely fell in love with this book and um, I've read it three times I think already by now, uh, which is 
maybe a bit much, but uh, it, it's just it's just absolutely wonderful. If you like historical fiction, if you like the idea of looking at things and thinking about things curiously, uh, this is definitely the book for you. A lot of love for this one. People Yay. are saying they loved it, can't wait to see it. Fell in love too, so different from your garden variety of historical fiction. Yeah. And thanks for turning them on to it. Cool. So You're also, very Casey Davis just said, just purchased a book called T-Shirt, so thank you. Hey, <laughs> you're welcome. Glad to help expand commercial horizons however I can. <laughs> so we have about, I think, 15 minutes. So we might want to like speed up a little bit, right, sure. but we have a few more books for you. Um, how many do you have? Um, have two more. I have one... Two and a couple backlists. Okay, so three. about the same. About three. Yeah, about the same. All right. We can do it. So, because you have three, what, well, do you care to go again? Because I feel like we're going to be uneven if not. Okay, you're in charge. I'm in charge? V left you in charge, so you're oh, in charge. Go ahead. You want me to go? You don't want to say All that right. to me. I will, <laughs> I will talk about, whew, try not to spill my orange juice, too. This is like... <laughs> I will talk about Einstein's Shadow by Seth Fletcher. So Seth is uh, the chief features editor at Scientific American. Um, so he's he's a science man. He knows his science stuff. Uh, Einstein's Shadow follows a team of elite scientists on their historic mission to take the first picture of a black hole. Uh, so that puts Einstein's theories to the test trying to do it. Um, I have... All of my degrees are in English and humanities, <laughs> um, so I'm not a science person by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but one of the things that I super liked about this book is that I think it's approachable. Um, there are two really super useful things um, that come in the front of this book, so hat tip to our team at Echo for making sure that some really super important explanatory information got put right front and center in the book. Uh, one is basically, a, it's nonfiction, but I'll just, if you allow the use of the phrase, one is a cast of characters. There are a lot of people in this book, and there are a lot of people that do very sciencey things. And had <laughs> I not had that list, I'd be like, what is going on? Um, so I super appreciated that. The thing that comes immediately after that, before the actual book starts, um, is a very, very helpful uh, list of abbreviations. Um, you do get, you know, as is general good writing practice, says the former writing teacher, um, you do get sort of full phrases first, and then everything becomes a bit acronymy, um, which is a new word today. Um, so that I thought was super helpful as well, um, because if I ever forgot what something meant, I could flip back to the beginning, easily find it, get myself right back to where I was. I didn't find it too disruptive. Um, it's short-ish, it's approachable, um, it's written in a way that non-sciencey people like me can totally find it interesting and figure out what's going on with, with black holes and space things, right? We're, we may have a space force soon, so... It's the word. It's worth knowing about what happens in a black hole and what is the potential... I think we're already in a black hole, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, we probably are. Yeah. So if you want to learn about the space kind of black holes, um, you can definitely take a look at, uh, at Seth's book. Um, it will publish in hardcover on uh, October 9th. 
Um, so definitely take a look at it. If you are, if you are, or if you know someone who teaches astronomy, um, please have them get in touch with me because this is a super great book, um, I think, for astronomy classes, astronomy faculty, um, physical science, or space science, sorry, people. Um, so yeah, I, I find it super interesting. And I mean, that's, for me, that's something that's, that's hard for my brain to kind of get into. So I really found it super approachable and, and, awesome. and super great. So Einstein's Shadow, uh, the subtitle is A Black Hole, A Band of Astronomers, and the Quest to See the Universe, on sale October 9th from our friends at Echo. Echo's great. Echo's Thanks. great. We Shout like to Echo. Ashley for bringing me the galley down. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm glad you yeah, know, no, it, like, it, enjoyed the yeah. formatting. Okay, so next one. Can I borrow what the backlist of Absolutely. So the next book, so if you remember, Whatever Happened to Interracial Love by Kathleen Collins. This is a short story collection that mm -hmm. came out. Um, and Kathleen is a pioneer African-American playwright, filmmaker, civil rights activist. Um, so her film, Losing Ground, was the first feature made by a black woman in America, mm -hmm. and it's extremely rare narrative portrayal of a black female intellectual. Unfortunately, Kathleen Collins passed away from breast cancer, her battle mm -hmm. with breast cancer in 1988. So this was um, published, but it, it took off. It was insane. Zadie Smith said, to be this good and yet to be so, to be ignored is shameful, but her rediscovery is a great piece of luck for us. Yeah, and I, you I, I talked to yeah. I talked to Zadie Smith a bit about it when um, uh, I was at a, a Zadie Smith book reading actually, and I went like a total fangirl, went to get my mm -hmm. book signed after, uh, and I was working on something for whatever happened to interracial love for academic, and I had to I happened to also have it in my hand, and she was like, oh my gosh, I love that book, and I was like. Oh, Gosh, Lady Smith loves a book that I have in my hand. That's not one of her own books. So, um, it's a cool story. So yeah, no, it is. It is a super great story. Um, I really love the short stories in Whatever Happened to Interracial Love, and uh, so I'm thrilled that we have more Kathleen Collins, mm -hmm. and we will have more Kathleen Collins. Yes. So the newest one is Notes from a Black Woman's Diary, and these are just kind of diary entries, letters. Um, there's a one-act play. I just um, read it the other day, and I thought it was so smart, and, you know, it was quick, but you got so much emotion from it, mm -hmm. and... Um, I think Kevin has such a great voice, or had such a great voice, that it's so relevant even today. Mm -hmm. um, some of the diary entries are really, really dark. You know, her struggle with being a mom and being successful and not feeling like she's living up. But but also she's kind of got that quick, quick wit that you see shine through. Like, some of them are just like, I'm trying to write in my diary. It was a good day. I think one sentence is good. Let it stand. You know? Yeah. I thought that was just so powerful, and I I'm, I don't know, you know, she might not have ever thought that those would be published, but I think you can really see her character shine through. So, Notes from a Black Woman's Diary comes out um, uh, February 5th. It's another Echo title, um, and... Is it coming out in paperback? Yes, okay. trade paperback. Trade paperback. So, um, I'm really excited for you guys to read it. Um, I, I, it's a, it's special. She's yeah. got a special voice. Yeah, she so. really, really does. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much love for it, but since we're short on time, I'm going to move on to the next one. And okay. This is special, though. I don't want to belittle how special it is. Okay. So, 
Giselle, this is not our kind. Uh, so this is another historical fiction novel. It is set in post-war uh, New York City on the Upper East Side. Um, so it's taking you back to 1947, and um, basically it all happens because of a car crash, uh, a taxi crash. Um, so Patricia Bellamy's taxi, um, Patricia Bellamy is, uh, uh, I think it's fair to say she's an upper class, upper class lady who lives on the Upper East Side <laughs> in Manhattan. Um, so she, her taxi collides, not too badly, um, with Eleanor Moskowitz uh, on a rainy morning. And from there, um, kind of a, in some ways, a family saga sort of explodes onto the page in the trajectory of this novel. Um, what do you have in this novel? You have post-war New York City. You have New York City. Um, you also have questions of tolerance and intolerance, right? Um, Eleanor is a young Jewish woman, um, and that's not necessarily a, a, an easy thing to be at this particular time in New York City. Um, there are class questions about who is allowed to mix with whom um, in different social settings. Um, there is scandal. Uh, who falls in love with whom and who should not be falling in love with anyone. Um, so there's a whole lot that's going on in this book. I think it's super approachable historical fiction. If you like um, maybe more commercial historical fiction, I would say this is definitely going to be right up your street. Um, this publishes in hardcover September 4th from Harper. Um, I really liked it. Did you read, did you read Under Kind? Mm -hmm. You didn't get to it? Not yet. Not yet. Um, but it's a super, super great book, I think. Um, it's, it's really, it's, it's challenging in sort of it's the assumptions that it makes. Um, so, you know, I think with all historical fiction, you have to remember where you are and, and when you are. Uh, so 1947 gives you a, a very particular sort of vibe. Um, and a very particular sort of set of circumstances for how people operate in the world. Um, and thinking about sort of rigid things like religion and race and class, um, those are all sort of very heady weighted issues uh, in, this, in this novel. And I think that um, Kitty Zelda does a great job handling it uh, and making you have something to think about while you're also super enjoying it. And I also really like the cover yeah. design. I think the cover design with is... With her hand, with is, the pocket yeah, book, with is super, beautiful. is super smart. And also um, Not Our Kind is just a great, like, you understand. You you kind of, you see the time period of the woman in the dress, yeah. and you're like, Not Our Kind. Like, you just kind of get this attitude of, yeah. no matter who they're talking about, but just this attitude. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah, from the cover, from the cover and the title is definitely an atmosphere that sort of is setting you up for what you'll find um, between the front cover and the back cover. Um, and it's just, it, it's an enjoyable read. It challenges you um, to think about certain attitudes and assumptions, um, both historical and current. Um, so it definitely has reaches, I think, into, into some things that are happening today. Um, Kitty's Eldest, Not That Bad, out September 4th in hardcover. Okay, so my last one, we have like five, seven minutes. So, no, five, five, five seven, seven minutes. minutes. Five, seven. Um, so here's a backlist. Kate Quinn, we all love the Alice Network. Kate Quinn's new book, The Huntress, cover to be revealed. But um, Kate Quinn, everybody loves the Alice Network. USA Today, New York Times bestselling author. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to get into that because we all know how much we love her. But her newest book, The Huntress, and I, that, it's, it's the one I voted for for lead reads. 
It was nothing against it. I I read it and I liked it too, but I the Huntress and <laughs> so the Huntress is about a. It's kind of it, well, no, it's not kind of. It is based on a true group of people, and I'm gonna get their name correct. Night witches, mm -hmm. um, and so they were like female pilots during World War II in um, Russia, and so they were they were just like fierce, and so she kind of took that idea and gave it. Not a lot of people know about them now, mm -hmm. and she wanted to kind of bring them to the forefront. So it follows Nina Markova, who is one of the night witches. She grew up in Siberia. She's tough, and she becomes a pilot. She works really hard, and she kind of. I mean, there's like a lot that goes around that. She has a love story with another pilot. You know, it's just, it's beautiful. But then she comes face to face with the Huntress. And she's a Nazi war criminal. And it's at the end of the war. And she sees something very terrible happen. And she's a part of it. Mm -hmm. And then she decides that she's out for blood. <laughs> she is coming for that person because she is a war criminal. You know, she's done all these terrible things. And it kind of goes in between that time and all of that that happened with the Huntress and this uh, and the fifth early fifties mm -hmm. with a young teenager named Jordan, and Jordan and her dad meet this woman who comes into Jordan's life and her dad um, starts dating her and Jordan loves photography so she's kind of taking photographs and learning about this person and some things start coming up and she's not. And she has a new stepmom at this point. Mm -hmm. She becomes her stepmother. She has a new baby sister and a new half-sister. And she sees that maybe some things aren't adding up, but she doesn't know what. And so then, in between these two times, there's an Englishman and a man from the Bronx. And I think, no, Queens, sorry. Queens, and he, uh, they're going to fight this, they're going to fight to find this person. They they hunt war criminals out. They were, he, um, the Englishman was a journalist. So he kind of tells the story and brings them to justice. So mm -hmm. she's on the run. The Huntress is on the run, and they're going to find her. And it's it's thrilling. It's got love stories. Mm -hmm. It's does such a good job of kind of the peop turning what you think someone is and having a totally different past you would never think. And really seeing how someone can become two different people and how you see them in those different spheres um i it was so good i was flipping so quickly um and i i love jordan she's like one of my favorite characters in the book um and her photography really means something so much to her and she wants something more for her her life she doesn't want to become a housewife she wants to do something and she is so obsessed with journalism and mm -hmm. photojournalism during the war and so she when she meets the englishman she's like I got it. Uh, that's what I want to do. And she like, fangirls. And I, I think it's so great to show a character who knows what they want and they're working towards it, but like not afraid to ask and yeah. learn from people. And her dad is not always supportive of her, so she really has to go out on a limb. And I think it, the photography po process as well is so cool to learn about. So, Kate, I had the honor of meeting her the other day. She is great. So. Uh, when will ARCs be available? Do you know? Offhand? Not sure. It's not out till the end of February, so I'm. it'll be a little bit. Okay. But we um, we might have some bound galleys if some librarians want to reach out to us. I don't know if it's on Edelweiss. I have to check again. But okay. it's coming. It's and coming. Uh, there's lots of love uh, in the comments for Kate Quinn. There's also lots of love for Kitty's Eldest is Not Our Kind, which we're super happy about. Uh, Jen Murphy asked all your comment if you come down to the video studio, like leave your desk right now, stop watching. <laughs> um,
But don't stop watching before I just mention that we're gonna. I'm gonna. The last book that I have is uh, is by Jane Levy. It's called The Big Fella. Yeah, um, take it so home. We do have we do have extra mimosas, Jen. So come on down, join us. Um, all right. So baseball is back from the All Star break. Uh, my Yankees are taking on uh, Tim Donahue, who is our director of security. His Mets. Sorry, Mets fans. <laughs> just a perpetual apology to all Mets fans. Sorry. Uh, so Jane Levy, uh, author of Sandy Koufax and author of The Last Boy, Mickey Mantle, uh, and The End of America's Childhood. Um, Jane Levy is back with the big fella, Babe Ruth and the world he created. So if you're a Yankees fan, you're totally going to love this book. Um, Babe Ruth is a guy who, when he was alive, Babe Ruth lived in the present. He lived in, uh, in front of the cameras all of the time. Um, this book takes you through, um, it takes you through, um, the September 1927, um, the month of September 1927. Um, it takes you through some home runs. It takes you through the barnstorming tours that, um, Babe Ruth and Roger Maris did together. Um, so it takes you a bit around the country. But I think one of the great ways of looking at Babe Ruth in this book is how it's, it's, it's the rise of celebrity, right? It's the rise of celebrity. It's the rise of um, a public sports figure becoming uh, an endorser, becoming someone who is a brand in and of itself. Um, it talks about the scandal of the Babe Ruth candy bar, uh, uh, the Baby Ruth bar. And, um, you know, it was really interesting to me to sort of think about, well, when was this moment when people became, especially sports figures, became something to commodify? Um, and Babe Ruth, it really, it really kind of started with the Babe. Um, and so I thought that this was a super, super interesting book. Um, like Jane's previous books, they are completely well researched. Um, that she does not miss a beat, a beat on that at all. I, I have taken this book. Um, I've taken this book a lot of places. I've talked to people about it on the subway. Um, when I was at a Staten Island Yankees game a couple weeks ago, I would stop people and talk to them about this book, um, which is just something I guess I do. Did uh, you have it in hand? I did actually have it. It was the book that I was reading. So I, oh, take, okay. I take the A train in the mornings. So I get on all the way at the beginning and come all the way downtown. Uh, so I have about 45 minutes to an hour to read. And so that was my, my A train, hashtag A train read uh of of that week and so i had it in my in my bag when i went to the game and you know they do the bag check when you go before you yeah. go into the stadium and the, the guy was like i'm like do you want he looks and he's like you just got a book in there and i'm like yeah <laughs> and i'm like but do you, i'm like you should actually you might be interested in the book he's like no nah. and i'm like no you're really gonna be interested in this book so i pull it out <laughs> i'm like it's about babe ruth he's like oh so we're sitting there talking about <laughs> this book his voice. And then this guy, oh. yeah. And then there, this guy. When I was in line to buy a beer, this guy behind me was talking. Well, first we talked a little bit about beer, and how he doesn't really like to drink beer. But then I was like, "Hey, do you like to read?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I read a little bit sometimes." And I'm like, "All right." Uh, his name is Angelo. Uh, so Angelo from Staten Island, if you're listening. This is the book that I Tim's kept telling you about. It's on a guerrilla marketing campaign. For uh, <laughs> so, so I told him, my friend, my new friend Angelo is from Staten Island. I told him all about uh, the big fella, and That's he awesome. seems super excited about it. So he's going to his bookstore on October sixteenth. 
Uh, I should have told him about Melmoth, too, but I didn't want to push my luck, I guess. Uh, well, so great, because if you underst- don't know baseball, you know Babe Ruth. Yeah, I, under- even- I understood my audience in that moment, and I was like, you know what? You're going to like this book about the Babe. So if you're a Yankees fan, if you know somebody who's a Yankees fan, if you hate the Yankees and want to find out more reasons to hate the Yankees, uh, definitely take a look <laughs> at Jane Levy's The Big Fella out in hardcover um, October 16th. I hear also... That Jane Levy is going to throw out the first pitch at the Yankees at a That's Yankees really game cool. in September. I would just like to publicly state on Facebook Live that should <laughs> should the company need another ambassador for Jane Levy and the big fella on that particular occasion, I am more than happy to offer my services. I will make myself a Yankees book T-shirt if I have to to be appropriately <laughs> dressed for that occasion. Oh. Uh, but Jane Levy is the big fella uh, out in hardcover October sixteenth. Um, please do not miss it. It's that was great, Kim. Thanks. Thanks for joining me, Kim. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I'm sorry that we didn't. I'm sorry we didn't have wing nuts and bolts. <laughs> like we literally were missing wing nuts and bolts for yeah. the new. The nuts and bolts of the it. New, the nuts was. and bolts of it were missing uh, for the new tiki hut. But yeah. but we can't christen it without Chris and Virginia. That's true. So it would not, it would it not be out. totally fair. But thank um, you for thank you for inviting yeah, me. we're like it looks like the ocean. It does look we're like we're hanging the ocean. out. We're having brunch. Um, I just saw Robin Bierbauer said that November Road is really great. I saw your review. Thank you. Um, oh, hang on, hang on. Lillian, Lillian Dabney just said Chris's interview with Lou Bernie on the Library Love Fest podcast was wonderful. Thank you so much, Lillian, um, for taking a listen to Chris's fabulous, fabulous podcast episode. Yes. We will be sure to pass along to him uh, your he, your compliment. That's super yeah. great. Thanks, Lillian. Um, so, have a munchkin. Alright, thanks. Should I just be classy and shove it in my yep. face? Okay. And have a drink, and I... we're gonna sign off. So, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching, guys. Library Reads, today is the last day to vote oh, yeah. for September, so go. Get on it. Go. Um, thank you for watching, and hope you enjoyed. Have a great weekend.